The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning. You found Financial Food for Thought. You've got Mark Donnelly and Kara Waddell. Good morning, Kara. Good morning. I feel like I'm in a spa. Yeah, I mean, don't <laughs> we all wish we were in a spa? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, don't look now. February's gone, Carrie. Look how I fast know, it's 2021. Some people are hoping it goes by fast. Yeah. I think a lot of Republicans out in CPAC this weekend, <laughs> yeah. they can't wait for 2022. Mm-hmm. They only need, I mean... Republicans only need six votes to to pick up the House majority, and only what literally one vote in the Senate. Could it happen? Absolutely. Could President Trump be the one of the? Could he run for the House? I think so. I I've seen somebody sent me a video. What if he got the House? And it was just it was very funny. Then become saying, speaker, right? <laughs> and say, oh, well, you, what you know, did people lose it? So he's in Disney World this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. In Orlando, maybe we'll go straight to Disneyland. You know, maybe we'll do the California rallies and start. You know. Wouldn't surprise nothing surprises me anymore. A lot of inflation worries, Gary. Stock market on a roller coaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had some Fed speak this week, Carrie, and that's uh, we've been monitoring the increase in treasury yields from about nine tenths of one percent at the start of twenty twenty one. Approximately 1.37%. So, you know, Carrie, the, the, the yield spreads are widening, right? Okay. Um, I mean, I believe the 10 year Treasury got up to one over 1.5. I mean, a, a, a blink ago, it was, you know, 1.3. You know, I, I think it's settled at around 1.4 or whatever. You know, we're taping the show on, on Friday. Um, but, you know, the, the question is why? In other words, is it good news or bad news? You know, is because because a lot of times, you know, uh, Wall Street, you know, if the front of the end of the curve is you know anchored and not going up, and the long end is rising, usually Wall Street likes that. Now the bond managers, well, they usually prefer a steep yield curve as opposed to a very narrow or inverted curve, obviously. Um, and so, what did the Fed Chairman Powell have to say about it when the market closed yesterday? I understand that this reflects a view of uh, an improving economy, but also comes with increased borrowing costs, increased inflation, and potentially a move by the Fed to increase interest rates down the line. How do you view the increase in Treasury yields in the broader context of our economy at this point? Here we go. So, um, first, we look at a broad range of, of financial conditions, and that's, that's one. It's an important but really we look at the whole range of financial conditions and it's very important to to ask why are rates moving up and so if you look at why they're moving up it's it's to do with expectations of a return to more normal levels more mandate consistent levels of inflation higher growth and opening economy so that's the reflation carrie right it's the idea that i mean i don't think the federal reserve is saying we won't have inflation but the, 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 what they're questioning is, is it sustained? Is it, it's, is it going to be a problem? Or is it just what is being coined reflation, meaning that there is so, so much spent, uh, pent up spending, right, by Americans um, that when the floodgates open, you're going to see a huge demand for certainly durable goods, but also for some services, and that will spike inflation. And, but, 
the Fed has been saying for a while now, they're okay if inflation goes above 2%. They'll let it float above 2%. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to double-digit inflation, which we've been talking about on this show for the last couple of weeks. In a way, it's a statement of confidence on the part of markets. See, that was what raised eyebrows during the week here is when Powell said it's really a statement of confidence. Mm. Okay, meaning that is is what's happening worrisome because of inflation or is it because expectations of growth? A robust and ultimately complete recovery. So uh, those are the reasons that are that are behind it. uh, That are behind that, I would say. Thanks. I, look, I, we follow the markets. We follow on a regular basis whether the markets are moving up or moving down and so forth. And I think in anticipation of what your thoughts were going to be today, I think the, the market was rather volatile. I'm just curious. When you walk into a, a well, volatile, like this you know, where you're sharing. Volatile may be the understatement. I mean, we, we had, you know, 2% movements in, in, in the markets. I mean, the Nasdaq was almost a parabolic movement, a three and a half percent movement, I believe, on on uh, Thursday. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, and and with that, and with that ten year, you know, spiking above one point five, and then selling down below that. But yeah, volatile, yes. Your thoughts? I know that you want to be very careful in terms of the message that you send, and I think you do a very good job of being very careful in the way that you send the message. But let me just ask. In your opinion, when you prepare for this type of a discussion, knowing the markets are are literally watching everything you say, what's the message that you'd like to send? Are you talking? We're going to have stability. It's a st- it's a, it's going to be steady as she goes. We don't see changes coming up with regard to the availability of capital. We don't see changes that are going to in- impact inflation. What's the message that you really want to send? Uh, as you share with us today, and you're expected to be in front of our committees. So I guess I, I, I'll say a couple things. First, the starting point is that we're 10 million jobs below where we were uh, in February of 2020, 10 million payroll jobs. So there's, there's a long way to go, and many of those jobs are concentrated in the lower uh, end of the income spectrum, as I mentioned. Um, Many parts of the economy have recovered, but in, in the bottom quarter, the K-shaped recovery, Kerry, is this is the problem. Excess of twenty percent, we think. So there's a lot. There's a long way to go. And monetary policy is accommodative, and it needs to continue to be accommodative. We've put forward guidance. We're going to keep interest rates low. Our asset mm-hmm. purchases and our rates. We think that that's that forward guidance is appropriate, and we're going to. You can expect us to to move patiently uh, over time as we see better data coming in. You know, right. Data driven. See, see. So I don't know if the worries about hyperinflation are warranted yet, Kerry. We did, you know, after Powell spoke during the, you know, later in the week, we did get um, some personal consumption expenditures. You know, the PCE that barely moved. Um, I mean, up, you know, from January, this is the January numbers now that we're reviewing, um, up 03 percent, right on forecast year over year, one point five percent. I mean, that's not hyperinflation, right? Core rate. Same numbers, you know, year over year, 1.5%. Not exactly indicating that hyperinflation's around the corner, right? Consumer spending, all right? Um, consumer spending, it, it, you know, it, it was up um, about 2.4%, but that was actually below expectations for January. You know, um, so, you know, what we're learning is that, you know, Americans spent less than what they thought they were going to spend, you know, what the experts thought they were going to spend at Christmas time but spent more than expected in January. Now, we talked about that on this radio show. Remember, we were talking about the second stimulus check, you know, the second round wasn't probably going to be available, you know, wasn't, wasn't going to be in your bank account by the Black Friday sales, but it may be in there for the after Christmas sales. And that's exactly what happened. A lot of people are thinking, yeah, that second round of $600 that hit, in, you know, after the new year, that's what caused the, the consumer spending to go up in January. But, but, then, but then I hear a lot of people say, oh, Mark, 
mark. But I thought that, uh, you, you know, part of what the Republicans are complaining about is that uh, the, the stimulus checks are going to people who aren't really spending the money. Right. You know, right. that that it's got to be more targeted to that. What when you know, when what, um, you know, Powell was talking about there, that lower quintile that's really, you know, it has not come back in this case shape recovery. Right. And and it, it's like so. So I thought so. How is how is savings going? And, and we also learned that's true as well. Um, U.S. savings rate in January, I think, here was like twenty percent. So it, well, you know, yeah, people are worried. So well, I, yeah, I mean, um, you I know, don't think I'm going to spend if I'm not sure what's going to happen. You know, and and then you've got the and and then you know, so then we got you know the the jobless claims, you know, the weakest jobless claims. All right, um, so they came in very good, Carrie. They came in at seven hundred thirty thousand. I mean, it's a first time <laughs> in a while, but it's going the right direction, yeah. right below. You know, the four, still forecast not good. was eight hundred twenty-five thousand. Okay. Um, believes it's going in the right direction. You know, but 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 there's a big asterisk after it mm-hmm. you know because of you know the can cruise situation right right um because they're saying no one in texas could file um for claims because no right. one had power right um so maybe know, that's not accurate that, is that what they're saying yeah that texas was that a that is a horrendous situation uh, president biden's down there today right in texas i, I don't know what he's gonna do i was gonna say yeah throw another log on the fire joe i mean what's he gonna do I, everyone's got power now. I mean, right? I think it's a little. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so you know the the. Uh, I mean, what? I think they're attributing eighty deaths. Ooh. Um, and it was serious. Um, you know, and then uh, and w- what's the economic toll cost, Carrie? It's huge. Right. Um, you know the elect the, the what do they call it the air the aircot the electricity regulatory council right or whatever you know. Um, a few years ago, they did an, they commissioned someone to do an analysis and say, you know, w- try to calculate the cost of outage. Okay. okay. In other words, if we lose power, you know, what the economic cost of that is. And uh, uh, so that was back. That'd in be tw- hard to quantify. I'm yeah, well, that's why they, they couldn't do it themselves. That's why they hired somebody <laughs> to do it. Good so luck. the answer came back. It, it was about $6,000 an hour. Okay. For each megawatt that could be delivered, but wasn't. Okay. Okay. Um, because nothing can run with no power. Right. Um, you can't service clients. You have to reschedule meetings. You can't manufacture. You right. can't do anything. Um, can't ship products. You can't even you know take pump orders. Gas. Right. Okay. Um, so the the and this in this uh, Texas freeze, the conservatively they're saying they were short about twenty thousand megawatts. So can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No. Twenty thousand megawatts, six thousand an hour. That's a, a lot. A little fuzzy math there. It's $120 million an hour or about $2.8 billion per day. So, you know, that was quite a storm in Texas. Um, and, and it's just, you know, Rick Perry, I, did you hear his quote? No. Um, you know, former Texas governor, right? And, and remember, he was secretary of energy under Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and his quote was, Texas would be without electricity for longer than three days to keep the federal government out of their business. Hmm. hmm. Isn't that an interesting comment? Um, now, a lot of people think that the new government is getting too much into our businesses, right? And maybe we'll talk about that, too. But mm. so but really, what do we what I want to kind of bring this back to is um you know, whether you should be buying GameStop or not, Carrie? You know, do you, I mean, <laughs> well, I guess right. Maxine Waters, you know, uh, playing whack-a-mole with the gavel didn't really help the GameStop oh, hysteria. You, you see it was up 100% this week? <laughs> Gee, no, I did not. Yeah, I, I mean, but, you know, uh, you know, but anyways, um, what I was going to say is really, in other words, how does this affect your financial plan? That's what we want to talk about this year on this radio show. Or, you know, in other words, are you do you have to um, make a change to your financial financial plan based on what you expect may happen or may not happen with inflation or with the K-shaped recovery? You know, or with progressive tax agendas mm-hmm. that that may or may not happen. You know, you know, we've got right now as we speak, right, the House is. You know, this, you know, voting in the the one point nine trillion dollar, you know, stimulus bill. Now, we don't know how, how what's going to happen in the Senate. Right. But, um, you know, we we know there's going to be another third round of stimulus checks. I think it'll be fourteen hundred. I don't know what the, the, the income threshold cutoffs will be. Right. 
Um, I, I don't think the the minimum wage, fifteen dollars an hour, is going to you know be in there, you know, because the you know uh, you know Elizabeth uh, McDonough, right, you know, the parliamentarian said it's you can't have it in the in in the budget res, you know resolution, and it's true. It's like. <laughs> How does $15 minimum wage have anything to do with the budget, the federal budget? Right, and we need to get back to just passing what they should pass, even if it's a lot of multiple bills instead of these massive bills that nobody really reads. And, oh, I'm going to throw this in because that's my, like, oh, I'm going to do a family vote for if I put this in. That needs to stop. But you still have, you know, not only... You know, Fed Chair Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen saying you got to go big. Um, so, so again, is but the point is, if you're going big, it's got to be to to get the re- COVID relief. But it's got to be purposeful it's be now. big, not all this other crap big. Like right, not all the pork. I don't think they right. We don't call it crap, Carrie. We call it pork. I, I call it crap. All right. Um, <laughs> so you know, so it, but so the idea is, it, you know, you can sit at home and worry about it. You could, you could, you could, you know, talk to your neighbor and see what they're, you know, think is going to happen. You, I guess, you could call your congressman and complain, but is that really going to give you the peace of mind? Whether or not you need to be, you know, you're on track still to retire if you haven't retired yet, or if you are retired, maintain the lifestyle you always, you know, dreamed about having right. in retirement. See, that's where, you know, you know, doing your own economic modeling helps you, you know, get in that peace of mind. And, and the idea of saying, yeah, in other words, it, it's not easy, especially if you've never done it before. Right. Um, and you could find a, you know, a, a DIY, you know, income calculator on the Internet. But I don't really know if you're going to understand or, or, how to, or understand how to manipulate it. You know, the robots can crunch numbers. The robots just don't know, ask, don't know what questions they need to be asking you. Mm-hmm. They're not that smart yet. Right. Um, you know, and, and so that's what we've been talking about, you know, in, during this month of February, you can always go back and listen to our podcast. Wow. Carrie, I, I took, I stole all your time. Carrie, oh yeah. Get us going. That's all right. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to financial food for thought. We're here on 1420 AM every Saturday between nine and 10 and an educational financial talk program. Been doing this a very long time. We're here to give you helpful information, relevant news that may impact your financial life, whether you're single, you're married, divorced. Divorced, widow, you're working, you're in retirement, you have kids, you don't have kids. Hopefully, we touch on some issue that may impact you. With you. impact you, we're um, sponsored by the estate planning team, and the state the estate planning team's been around Cleveland now more than 35 years. We're a fee based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. We're a traditional financial planner, number cruncher, not investment advisors. I know Mark said, oh, talked about financial modeling and building these projections. And that's what we do is model out plans, provide people objective, unbiased analysis and help people with all the areas of their financial life and helping people with issues they face. I heard a term recently, you know, somebody called and asked if we do financial coaching, which I guess that's another way to put it. Oh, yeah. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's probably a better way. I mean, a lot of times we just act as a sounding board, you know, for for our clients who have read something or heard something. And they just say, you know, Mark, how does that affect me? Or is that something I need to be looking at? Um, and, and coaching. Uh, well, well, and, and, and what, you know, what I talking about the expense right. pyramid today, Carrie, right. there's a lot of coaching coming in there. And we'll talk right. about And that. helping people through that objective. And I'm thinking of this, like we had a client that called us last week, you know, they're thinking about a Florida condo. They had built a um hefty winter getaway budget, which a lot of people do because they get sick of Ohio winters. And then they said, you know, as much time and budgeting, we might as well look for a small place. So then it's coming back saying, you know, I'm thinking this and is that a right? Is that working to my overall plan? How much can I afford to spend before I go down and start looking? Um, we help people with all those different areas, whether it's planning for their retirement, helping people take steps and strategies to create the future tax efficient income, which is even more important if you're in the camp that is worried about rising um, or future tax increases. And right now we have those more favorable rates, cash flow spending, IRA company plan, contribution and distribution planning, and um, Roth conversions, contributions, and much more. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation that we do offer, and we're doing those either in person or by phone, whatever you're more comfortable with. Um, There's no pressure, but we 
do some preliminary analysis or we can just talk to you and say, this is what we think we can do for you and what value and benefit. And we have hourly and comprehensive retainer options if people need a little bit of help or a lot of help. And if you want to do diligence, you can also check out our reviews on Angie's List or we're accredited and A-rated members of the Better Business Bureau. We also help people if you're faced with, hey, I think I'm going to buy this thing or I'm going to go get, use this concept. What do you think? It And we talk on the show a lot about coordination of advisors and getting more people on board saying, let's talk about the pluses and minuses because every concept has good and bad. And it's usually not an all or nothing. It's usually how much over what time frame. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. And we had a new client, too, when I talked about IRA. This um, I just talked to the other day. What about IRA? And it's a new client that was coming in, and her husband was turning 72 okay. this year. And she said, well, or... Actually, he'll be. It'll be the end of this year, so he has time. But she said, "Well, if I I want to take money out of it now, but doesn't he get a penalty if we take it out before seventy two? Mm. I said, "No, it's only a penalty if you do it before fifty fifty nine and a half, or if you miss that required." So she's new. She's learned, and she asked me, "Oh, I thought there was a penalty, and I would have tapped into it because they didn't know they had quite yeah. a bit sitting in his cash." IRA account. Yeah, you know, we we we've all we've been saying on this show for, you know, many many years. You you, you know, you you don't want to wait till you're, you know, 72 years old to start getting, you know, learning the IRA distribution rules. Right? Um you, you know, you you don't need to wait that long. Mm-hmm. Because you may be missing huge opportunities. Right. Um and so so yeah, now even with the fifty nine and a half, there there are ways to avoid the, right. that ten percent early withdrawal penalty. It's called seventy two T election if, if in the Internal Revenue Code. Um, and and so so you know there, there's uh, see see that's the idea of you know and that's the problem with the DIYI you know the mm-hmm. do it yourself internet you know in other words these are two broad they're broad subjects and and if you and you can try reading up on them right but a lot of times what's written especially on the internet is for the masses you know i mean and and you, or you get, hear parts of it which was my impression she might have heard right. oh there was a penalty associated with early distributions but that doesn't mean early distribution right. before a required minimum yeah so so you know that's where you know and and some of these you know <laughs> That it's it's the little things that matter, right? In other words, you miss a couple of little things, and it mm-hmm. can it can you know derail your retirement plan. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if you do a couple, of, you do the little things right, you'll mm-hmm. have a much better retirement. Go you'll ahead, get more ahead. net spendable dollars. And if you want more information, again, you can take advantage of a free consultation. There's no pressure. We only want you to be our client if, if it works and if it's right for you and not everybody who schedules a consultation will even, so there's some people we can't help and we'll at least point you in the direction or tell you what you're doing right. And it gives you a good um, understanding of issues you may not even be aware of. And you can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. And, and again, so I keep bringing this, you know, this next, uh, you know, stimulus bill, the sixth bill, right? Uh, 1.9 trillion. Um, you know, it's not done yet, by the way, and it might not be 1.9 trillion in the end. It might. Um, but the idea is, don't get caught up in the in the in the headlines of what that is. You know, how is this really going to affect you? Um, and and you could say, well, Mark, it's going to lead to you know the more debt and deficits. And I said, well, but that might not be your problem. Mm-hmm. And maybe your great grandchildren's problem, right? Maybe your grandchildren's problem, maybe your children's problem, but probably not yours, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and so, but but does it need to be that big? I mean, you, you know, I again, some very smart people are saying you got to go big. You, you you know, we can't have what we you know we, globally. You know, we 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 were going to keep interest rates low. We've got to get, you know, those 10 million people back to work. We got to get that lower quintiles back to work. 
Um, you know, the $15 minimum wage ain't going to happen right now um, because the restaurant industry and the service industry can't afford that right, right now. They're just trying to get the lights back on and the doors open again. They need their customer base back. You know, it, it, the, the vaccine's got to work. All right. So um, now... It, it, but it, it, it is clear, Carrie, it's clear. This is a K-shaped recovery. I mean, there, there's been no recession like this where you, you can clearly see how the lower quintiles just got devastated. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people in this country doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and our it, politicians, needless to say, you know, are and, probably doing the best. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the so you've got the situation where, um, you know, how how is that affecting you? Are, you know, are, do, do you need now if you if you are saying, Mark, I, I think we are going to see higher inflation. That's fine. Then let's build your model that way. OK. Right. In other words, instead of worrying about it. Why don't we just tell the robot to run a couple different models based on varying higher rates of inflation? Whether you want to start that higher inflation this year, next year, three or whatever, whether you want running the higher inflation for five years, 10 years or forever, whether you want to run one set of inflation on daily living expenses, another one on, you know, medical expenses. I mean, that's that's the creativeness. That's what the robot may forget to ask. That's what these DIY calculators on the Internet don't get you to, to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they just ask you, what do you spend and what inflation do you want to use? It's it, you might have to go deeper to that to get a right. real answer, something that, you know, imp- that gives you enough empirical data to make a decision. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know, and that's what and that's the where the coaching comes out. OK, that's how we help our clients. We say, you know, let's you know, look at this now. Um, so, you know, and and uh, oh, God, a lot of people, you know, are, are really worried about the progressive democratic tax agenda going forward right? right not only that but just the socialistic aspect of it right right um you know the the, the you know the, the you know the fixing the 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 the, the equity gap right Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard of the equity imperative no not until you mentioned it okay um so you know you've heard of the great reset right we've talked about that um but you know there's there's something out there now called you know the equity imperative and it, it's, you know, it's this, it's this combination between the corporations and, you know, the progressives saying, we've got to change the world. You might have, heard, you know, the you, woke generation. Right? right. You might have heard, you know, Coca-Cola was recently. In the news, oh, right? it was ridiculous. What did they say, Coca-Cola? Uh, you know, I just saw probably more memes about it. So excuse me, like <laughs> even like even my high school student was laughing about like that. Yeah, we that some of their employees had to stop being too white. And the best thing I saw a video of someone saying like, "Is that not racist? Like you yeah. are who you are. You should respect other people's opinion." Is not. I mean, we have bigger issues. I don't think. Coca-Cola, Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. Dana Lash, I, I, I died laughing when she said that. <laughs> she called them Coca Cola. Um, but um, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's frustrating. But it's real. It, it's a real movement. Oh, okay? I know. We need to stop that movement. I you mean, um, so so the, so one group, um, you know, uh, Deloitte. You know, they, they 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 just released a paper. They called it the Equity Imperative. And that's kind of the, the name that, that's going around, you know. And so part of their story is, you know, the 61% of Americans now believe the United States needs new civil rights laws to combat discrimination against black Americans, a nearly threefold increase from 2011. Um, 77% of Americans say companies must respond to racial injustice if they expect to earn or keep public trust. Okay, many leaders recognize the imperative to respond to these demands for change. Um, you know, so a January 2021 Fortune Deloitte CEO survey, CEO survey found that 94% of CEOs report that diversity, equity, and inclusion are strategic priorities for them as CEO. And 72% carry plan to disclose DIEI metrics to the public. Oh my gosh. So, you know, so the companies are now, you know, going to play a big role. Um, So what does that do to their stock prices? I don't know. 
Um, you know, it, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, um, what is it going to do to, you know, Mr. Potato Head, right, Gary? Oh, my gosh. That, you know, when I saw that headline on my computer, I was like, Mr. Potato Head, general neutral. But, you know, so, <laughs> so, but a lot of people are saying, well, you know, mm. what about this? You know, so the $15 minimum wage is right into that conversation, right. Gary, right? Um, and so is it good or bad? Well, you know, you can survey 10 economists. You'll probably get, you know, five saying right. yes, five saying bad, right? Um, you know, the, uh, the um, but, you know, so the the question is, is it going to be part of this $1.9 trillion? I hope not, because I thought it was about COVID relief and the right. economy, not about this so other agenda. So who is this Senate parliamentarian, Carrie? right? Um so this is right. So we know that the, the you know the Republicans lost the majority of the Senate, but obviously the Democrats don't have sixty seats in the Senate, right? right? And they're not going to be able to throw out the filibuster. So you know they have to. So you know changes are going to have to be done through that process of reconciliation, right? But there, you know, it gets to deal with that old Bird rule, right? You know, named after you know Robert Bird. Um, who said, you know, certain things can't be done through reconciliation. You know, um, in other words, reconciliation can only be used if the provision is genuinely related to the budget. And that's the point. Right. What companies pay their employees, how does that relate at all to the federal budget? No, it doesn't. All right. Um, now, um, but... So, the, you know, this Elizabeth uh, McDonough, who, you know, who's, uh, you know, been she's been parliamentarian since 2012, Carrie. Right. OK. Um, first woman to ever serve in that capacity. Hmm. She's an attorney. Um, just celebrated her 55th birthday. OK. She's all of a sudden going to be in the spotlight. OK. Because she's the one who recently this week ruled that, no, you, you can't put the, the minimum wage in the budget reconciliation. No. All right. Um, but. Does the Senate have to follow her recommendation? No, I would guess not. No, they don't. Um, and so who can overrule her? Probably. Kamala. The, oh, yeah. The vice president of the United States, Ugh. who is kind of the leader of the Senate, right? Um, who also has the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. So if the Democrats are really serious about this $15 minimum wage... We know Bernie Sanders is really serious about it, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. But if the Democrat Party is really serious, will we see Kamala override, you know, Elizabeth's, you know, recommendation that you can't put the $15 minimum wage? So could it still be in the final plan? Mm. Maybe we'll find out this weekend. Right. But regardless of that, you know, you need to look at your plan, take advantage of opportunities, because if you're worried about... Inflation, future taxes, rising health care costs, and the impact of all these things that are going on. Oh, woke me doing. when it's over, Carrie. And, uh, you can call the estate planning team, take control of your financial life, and minimize what the government gets because it's all about the net spendable dollars and doing what you can today to create that future tax-efficient income. And you can call the estate planning team for a free consultation, again, by phone or in person at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090, or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, so um, what else did I want to talk about, Carrie? Um, expense pyramid. Okay. Because, you know, if you are concerned about rising inflation or higher taxes or anything else that would cause you less money to spend on yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You need a way to try to measure how that would affect your long-term financial plan. Right. Not necessarily, we always talk about this show, you know, it, it's not what a, a tax increase does to you today, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, how does it affect the, your next 30 years? And if, you, if you're going to spend more money on things you don't want to spend more money on, like inflation and right. taxes, it, it doesn't affect your life today. Mm -hmm. it, somehow it, it affects how long your money lasts in the end, right? Right. And that's what's very difficult to keep, you know, 30 years of cash flows in your head. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why we need the robots. 
that can crunch those numbers, crunch those different scenarios, you know, instantaneously, right? Except it's the old adage about, you know, computers, right? Mm -hmm. Garbage in, garbage out. Right. So if you're not feeding in realistic, conservative numbers to the robot, don't blame the robot if, if, if your model's wrong. Correct. Or, you know, if you run your model once and the robot, you know, you print it out and put it in your sock drawer for 30 years, don't blame the robot if, you, you know, it doesn't work out that way. The whole idea of the discipline of financial planning, the coaching that right. we try to get to our new clients is the idea of financial planning isn't about, you know, printing out a report today. That, that, that's out of, that's out of date before the ink's dry on it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, you know, that's that's the you know, Carrie, how many times over the decades it, it, does a client call us up and say, oh, Mark, you know, you know, that new car I told you I wasn't going to buy until two years from now. I just bought it. Is that OK? Right. That has never happened before, has it, mm-hmm. Carrie? Or how many times it happened this week? I was going to say, yeah. Um, you know, so or what were you going to say? Or I was just thinking and then sometimes it's or I need the cash for this because I'm going like I'm kind of bought it now i got to replenish and then it's like a quick move right so you need you know you need a base you need to say okay what are my real circumstances today in other words in the expense pyramid what are you really spending today now that's not an easy number to put together right if you've never done it before right and, and if you and for those who, who actually try to have done it or remember doing it the first time, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are using credit cards, you know, or, you know, that where you're buying everything and then, you know, paying that off, but trying to break that down and say, yeah. really, where did that money go? And and out of those credit cards, what was one-time expenses? I think it's harder versus the annual recurring, because like me, I put everything on my, pay it off, the gas, the groceries, I run to the store, get household goods, whatever, pet food whatever goes and trying to break down. Is it a one-time thing? Because sometimes people will come in and say, well, I spend X amount, 4,000 a month. But really when you break that down, there's a lot of things in there that aren't going to be monthly ongoing or it's not going to be every year. Or that's purely discretionary. Right. Now, Carrie, we never have um, differences, of course, in our couples on discretionary spending, do we? Mm, Very much so. Um, you know, um, so uh, creditcards.com just did a you know 2020 survey, right? And they said one third of the respondents said that they spent more than their partner would like them to, mm. with 12% admitting they had secret debt. Mm. Now, I, I think our Congress has a lot of secret debt. <laughs> I they do, do. Too. Um, but I mean, do do but don't we all have secret debt? All right. Well, I um, hope not. I mean, I would hope you're, but as far as spending, I think a lot of couples have varying spending habits, Okay. which uh, is harder if you do have that secret because you understand that when we're reconciling your income is X, your expenses are this. And that's how in a couple of cases we found, oh, right. well, where's that other money going? Or, you know, your income's there. It's not going into savings. You don't have it for expenses. Are you thinking of a case in particular, Carrie? Well, or? I think about that one case. I think, what was she spending? I want to say like three, four grand a month. Yeah, I don't on know. On like miscellaneous charges. I, yeah, I mean, you know, and by the way, you know, additional lifestyle spending or hobbies could be shopping. Yeah, we have quite a few people that don't necessarily, but they... Like they're, things, they, they like, like gadgets yeah. or gadgets or electronics or whatever. Right yeah, they're just on, whatever. They're on Amazon, you know, and they're yeah. and, and or you know eBay or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's they're collecting. They're just right. you know. They, they, and again, um, that adds up, Carrie, doesn't it? But you know the the, the one the, the the case I'm you know thinking about. Well, well, I don't know. Um, but let me get back to. I'll, I'll tell you one case I'm thinking about. But let's get back. So in other words, the, I keep mentioning the expense pyramid. So if you're at home. Think of a pyramid, you know, and and with boxes, you know, and the top box, you know, the one on the top, that's what a lot of people initially give us when they say, you know, let's put a price tag on how much you're spending, right? And that's daily living expenses. You know, that's the groceries, utilities, gasoline for the car, you know, the basics. And a lot of times people know that amount in their head. They have a general idea of, you know, okay, we spent X amount, you know, 
Um, and Carrie, you know, I mean, we've always talked about what's the what's the number that, you know, we hear mostly when when that question and it's like five thousand a month. You know, how many times? Have we heard right. Oh, it's about five thousand a month. Mark. You know, I've heard that a few times over the last decades. So, yeah. So the idea is, well, what doesn't that include? Or what did you include, Mr. Right. Smith? You know, um, and, you know, and so we, we talked about, you know, last week we talked about health care budget. Right. And if you, you go back and listen to that show, if you, you know, we because we found that, you know, when we started working with the baby boomers. You know, very few of them had a build in an adequate budget for health insurance in retirement. Right. OK. Um, could be debt management. A lot of times they're, they don't if they if they're carrying a credit card balance, they don't they don't. They don't include that, right? right? Or uh, you know, or or you know, they may not include their mortgage. They might have, but the mortgage is going to go on forever. So if mm-hmm. you accounted for that, right? Um, could be an automobile replacement fund, you know. And, and and sometimes we get a question. It's like, oh, Mark, I'm not planning on buying a car this year. Well, that's not what we're asking. How many more cars are you going to buy in the rest of your lifetime? Right. It may not be today, and you may keep cars for a long time, but you may get one in eight. You may, out of necessity, need to get one down the road. We could talk about home. So these are all these are all additional boxes below that top box, you know, in the pyramid, right? Home improvements. You know, do I need to say more, right? Um, um, how about a new home scenario? How about a second home scenario, a vacation home? You know, we're getting a lot, you know, a lot of talk about that, right? Especially with these low mortgage rates, you know, and and um, kind of going that. How about you know, pseudo mandatory spending versus discretionary spending? Education for children mm-hmm. is that mandatory or is that discretionary? Maybe maybe you don't ask your neighbor what they think it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe you and your spouse have to decide that yourselves, right? All right. Um, um, life insurance. Sometimes the, we, we, the the clients aren't giving us the life insurance premiums. Well, because they're not really thinking Cause they're paying annual, a premium you know, or it's annual or it comes out of your paycheck. It's still an expense that you need to account for. But right. um, we could talk about professional fees. We could talk about. But but let's get down to the, the, the bottom, you know, and uh, uh, row of the uh, pyramid is purely discretionary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, working with clients for decades, um, we've come up with maybe about five categories here. One would be what I just mentioned before, additional lifestyle. Second one could be travel. Mm-hmm. Another one could be gifting, family gifting, right? Another one could be gifting, charitable gifting. We keep those separate. There's separate goals, separate objectives between family gifting and charitable gifting. And then maybe a, another, you know, the final miscellaneous, that could be, you know, things that you you don't know if you, I mean, you may do it, you may not do it, you know, things that are they really expenses, you know, like, should I be funding uh, an IRA or, you know, should I be increasing my 401k or, you know, doing a Roth IRA contribution or a, a health savings account? Should I be increasing my health saving contribution? I mean, they're expenses, Carrie, right. right? But but it's an asset. You know, in other words, it's not discretionary spending necessarily, but you can say it is discretionary because you don't have to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a hybrid out there, right? Uh, prepaid funerals comes up a lot. Carrie, right. right. You know, um, you know, things like that. So, you know, so the idea is, um, you know, how do you, uh, you know, put a price tag on those types of expenses, not just for this year, but for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. OK. Um, and that's what we try to do at the estate planning team. We've been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 35 years. Okay, and we do it one family, one, you know, plan at a time. And and we don't just stop at plan A. We may be doing plan B, plan C, plan D. You know, the idea is, you know, but let's first, you know, let's let's build. But you can't get to plan B if you haven't built plan A yet. Right. And everybody's different on their plan B. Maybe a market downturn, downturn, um, market volatility, conservative um growth rates it may be higher inflation rate you want to see that plan another one maybe a lower a, rate of return right it, you know but maybe it could be someone you know sometimes people have health issues and they're worried about a premature death of a spouse am i because that's a common thing is i want to make sure my spouse is okay when i'm gone well we can model in a scenario a long-term care stay what if i want to do 
whatever it can be. It could be extra spending. Can I help out my kids? We can play those what if scenarios with any variable because of our custom financial model. I mean, we built that internally. Right. And it may be saying that, can I tell my partner about my secret debt? Hmm. Because maybe you want to get that on the table. Because there's a reason why you're hiding it from your partner, and that may be because your partner doesn't think you can afford it. Right. So this is what we want to, you know, coach you. Right. And say, let's see if you can afford it. Let's build it. Let's not, let's not bury it in right. to your daily living expenses. Let's not say we're going to spend less on health insurance so you can have the secret debt. The idea is, can you do both? Or right. better, how much secret debt do I no longer have to keep secret? <laughs> right. All right. How much discretionary spending? How much room do I have? Now, family gifting is often the root of that discussion. Right. All right. Um, and I can, you know, and, and Carrie, like a lot of times when we talk about family gifting or we talk about future expenses, when we know the, the couple has children that, uh, you know, a, a young kid or, you know, not uh, not launched yet, right? Right. We say, oh, well, Mr. and Ms. Smith, I see you didn't budget anything for future weddings. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And they say, well, they look at me and they say, well, Mark, do you think we should? And I, and I turn around and say, well, I don't, do you think you should? Do you think that if your kids come in some future date and say I'm getting married, are you willing to chip in something for that? Right. Is that something that's important for you to contribute, pay for all, pay a portion, or say nope? Is that your a wedding? Ma- is that a mandatory expense, Carrie, or is that discretionary? And everybody's different with that answer. Don't ask your neighbor. Right. Um, I, I, is it the same amount for a boy who's getting married than a girl who's getting married? Have we ever had couples disagree on what they're budgeting for future weddings, Carrie? Mm. Very much so. I remember one case, Carrie, right? Um, so I'm at the house, actually. This is before, you know, COVID, obviously, many years ago. And this discussion came up, right? Mm-hmm. So you got, you got to say we're sitting around the, you know, kitchen table, right? But but actually, we're in the living room, and we were kind of in a triangular uh, sitting arrangement, husband, wife, and me, right? Mm-hmm. And the wife was actually sitting a little bit behind the peripheral view of the husband. Right. Just the way the chairs were laid out. Right. So I'm going through this expense pyramid and I bring up the idea of weddings because they have three daughters. Okay. And the first one just what? Got engaged. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, okay, so you didn't put anything down, Joe, for, you know, budgeting the wedding. He goes, hmm, do you think we should? I think, well, the question is, do you think we should? And he said, well, I guess we should. So I said, well, what are you thinking, Joe? So he's thinking about, he's coming up, he says, I don't know, maybe 10 to 12,000. Now, the wife in the background, her eyes just rolled to the top of her head. Right. Because spouses right. don't do eye rolling. Um, because, <laughs> never. And, 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 I, and I'm thinking like, I'm thinking this, I don't think she thinks 10 to 12 is going to cover it. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, Joe, what, what what do you include? You know, coaching. What do you include in the, in the cost of a wedding? Right. And, and, and we get into the what, you know, you, you, you start itemizing things. Right. It's the plate, obviously, the location, right? right. It's how many guests is a big part, right. right? And then plates for you can rough it out that way. Do you got big families? Do you got you're inviting friends mm-hmm. and family? You know, you know, things like that, right? Um, then he's saying, hmm, yeah. And then thinking, hmm, well, Mark, maybe maybe that 10 to 12 is too low. Maybe maybe 15 to 20. Okay. All right. Now now I see the wife. In the, now she's in the background, right? Right. She's thought about these things, right? Oh, I'm sure. She and thought about it probably before She's mouthing it to me, right? Engaged, she, she's right. not. Uh, she's mouthing it to me. She's holding up a hand. Five. Fifty. Fifty. <laughs> I can read her lips. Right. She's at 50 grand. Because I bet you her and her daughter already have this discussion. <laughs> her husband started at 10. Yeah. All right. Um, she's at 50. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, uh, Joe, well, um, okay, so, you know, let's do the numbers, the gas plate. Oh, 20, 25, I guess, Mark. And I said, yeah, but are you including uh, the this? Uh, who, what about the wedding dress? 
What about your other two daughters who are bridesmaids? Are you going to buy their dress? You think you think your wife may be buying a new dress? Do you think you may be buying a new tux for the wedding? You know, all of a sudden, you know, you you start adding it up, Carrie, and mm-hmm. we're getting up to. What do you want to think we're getting up to? Fifty. Fifty thousand. It took Ouch. us a while, but the point is, we 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 were able to run their financial model, you know, putting in a $50,000 wedding and then future weddings for their other two daughters into the future. Now, he never thought that in a million years that they would be able to afford that type of wedding. Mm -hmm. But again, using conservative realistic assumptions, we said, you know, we gave him that peace of mind that said you could. Right. And, and it's not until we had to, you know, but also it's saying, yeah, not only, you know, but you can't forget about the other expenses. See, that's what's hard to do in your head. Right. And, you know, and, and, and that and the end of that story was, you know, the daughter did get married, Carrie, and guess how much the wedding cost? 50000 or more. 50000 But here's the thing, and some people, maybe they could, but other clients say, nope, I'm going to give my kids x amount of dollar and if they want something above then they're going to have to do it because frankly i've helped my kids along the way and i want to spend it maybe i want to allocate if i can afford that that's great but i'd rather spend it on extra travel hobbies whatever right and 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 that's and that's the point in other words it's it's you got to sharpen your own elbows this is your plan it's not your parents Mm -hmm. plan it's not your co-workers plan it's not your neighbor's plan Right. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's got to be based on your goals and objectives and things that you want to do. So, so that's the idea of saying, you know, so now if you're saying, well, gee, Mark, I had planned to retire in X amount of years. I had planned on, you know, uh, X amount for budging future weddings. But now I'm worried that those plans are out the window because hyperinflation is coming. Right. Or the stock market's going to crash. Or we're going to have low interest rates. So, you know, my 60-40 portfolio is dead. Don't even get me started. I don't have time. Right. I'm going to get on that, Gary. Okay. It, it, I, I don't think the 60-40 portfolio is dead. I think the you know the rumors of its death are a bit exaggerated. But whatever the worry is, we can model it in so that you can know if that happens that I'm worried about. This is how I adjust. Right. So that's what. So that's a good you know example of coaching. Mm-hmm. In other words, saying yeah, we, we you know let's we can crunch numbers. The robot can crunch the numbers. But let's discuss what are really goals and objectives, you know, between and, and kind of go from there. All right, we're running out of All time. All right. Here. You're listening to Kara Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. You can call the estate planning team for a free consultation by phone or in person. We have affordable hourly and affordable comprehensive retainer fees. And if you call, leave a message. We'll get back to you on Monday morning or send an email through the website. There's a little free consultation button and there's usually specials and I believe there is one now and incentives if you decide to come in and then use our services you can call 440-239-2090 that's 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com all right thank you Carrie. all right we got March Madness beginning next week Carrie. Right. you know you know and I'm not talking about the basketball championships the college basketball championships that are re- returning this year talking about tax preparation all right a lot of things to talk about this year in March Madness right recovery rebate credits we'll talk about that the 10 did you get a 1099 interest for the interest on your tax return refund uh we'll talk about the unemployment fraud schedule a itemized deductions oh the internal revenue code tune in next week for more financial food for thought for more information about the show for estate planning or upcoming seminars call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 thanks for listening